You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Tony Wiggins out today, which means you're stuck with me, James Erpine, for the next 30 minutes or so talking all things NFL. And we have a ton, ton, ton to get to first before you do anything. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's a daily NFL podcast giving you all of the latest NFL news here on Locked On NFL. So hit that subscribe button. And you're getting new hosts each and every day with the latest news. So plenty, plenty of NFL news coming your way if you're new. And if you're not, thanks for sticking around and listening to the show. Plenty to get into. Like I said, we're going to start with a little Aaron Rodgers because there's a lot going on in the world of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers as he looks for that second Super Bowl. He's the reigning NFL MVP. So we're going to start there. We're going to close with an NFL draft segment. I'm going to sprinkle in like 60 seconds of my thoughts on Julian Edelman in segment two, plus some MVP odds courtesy of Bet Online, and, and, and it doesn't look like we're going to have many in-person workouts before training camp. But let's dive in with this Aaron Rodgers topic that I want to get to because I think a lot of people, myself included, Tony included, a, a lot of us thought that Aaron Rodgers was the rightful MVP in 2020, what he did despite the Green Bay Packers not addressing wide receiver in last year's draft, what he did despite really working with a group that should be more talented to an organization that should be more committed to him and getting him win now pieces. Jordan Love and then a backup running back that, by the way, you ended up signing Aaron Jones anyway in free agency. Those are your first two picks when you're in win now mode or should be in win now mode if you're the Packers. It was ridiculous last year. And the Packers took a ton of criticism for it. But it's time to be fair here. It's time to look at the, the Packers situation and Aaron Rodgers' predicament and be honest with ourselves. Aaron has to be willing to help Aaron. Aaron has to be willing to go the extra mile. Does he want to be MVP and a guy who wins 14 games a season and loses every single January? Back-to-back NFC title games, didn't have a chance in one. And in the other, well, against Tampa Bay, they were semi-close at times, right? And they got within five. But let's be honest, Tampa Bay controlled that game. If he wants to get Green Bay over the hump, then he has to be completely committed to winning. And a lot of times in life, you can tell the difference between the people that are extremely committed and willing to do anything they want, they can possible to make it work and be successful, and some that are really, really talented and really, really good and work extremely hard, but they're okay just making $40 million like Rodgers. It's a great life, by the way. Being quarterback of the Packers, maybe winning another MVP or two, and not winning any more Super Bowls. Maybe becoming the next host of Jeopardy. I look at Aaron Rodgers' situation, and I read earlier this week, over the weekend, an unnamed agent, an NFL agent, and this is according to Rob Domofsky, covers the Packers for ESPN, says that, yeah, the the Packers kind of waiting for Aaron Rodgers to pivot here, and they, they don't have any space to make moves, and they could easily create like $15 million dollars of Rodgers' contract into a signing bonus. But when you have the biggest cap hit in the league and you're a 30-plus-year-old quarterback in your own win-now mode, guess what? 
that hurts your team's chances of winning. So when I look across the league at these quarterbacks that win year in and year out, Tom Brady does it. Heck, going back to Peyton Manning, his last couple of years in Denver, what did he do? He took a pay cut. He moved money around. He did whatever he needed to do to win. Tom Brady's done it about 52 times. And so now, Aaron, because you're the one pushing for more, and you should be, everyone praises you for it. Are you going to continue to push for more and also, with a straight face, say you're not willing to move money around? You're not willing to renegotiate your deal. You're not willing to change what is a $37.5 million cap hit that's second in the NFL behind Matt Ryan. Are you kidding? Let's look at some of the other highest cap hits. Kirk Cousins, zero shot to win a Super Bowl. He's third. Russell Wilson, or fourth rather. Russell Wilson, third, 32 million. Anyone feel like the Seattle Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl? I don't. Ryan Tannehill, 29.5 million. Do they got a shot? <sighs> nope. Jared Goff is on this list. Jimmy Garopp- Garoppolo is on this list. Any of those guys the favorites? I don't see Pat Mahomes on there. I don't see Tom Brady on there. There's a difference. What do you want? What do you want out of this career, Aaron? You're in your late 30s now. Do you want to win and not just win a little bit, but win big time? Because you can still do that, but you're 37. You're going to be 38 in December. Now's the time to decide what you want to be because you can be Ben Roethlisberger. You can be the guy that puts up big numbers into his late 30s plays for an historic, amazing organization. And yeah, Rodgers is better than Big Ben. Yeah, Rodgers takes better care of himself. He's going to be good until his 40s, which I'm not sure we're going to be able to say about Big Ben after the 2021 season, especially with the way last year ended. But look at how it's ending. No one's giving the Steelers a damn shot right now to make a Super Bowl run. Does Aaron want to be that? Because I'm with you. I think the Green Bay Packers need to do more. I think they failed you time and time and time again to put the necessary pieces around you. But if you want them to do it now, and you're talking about a new regime coming in, and you have this new coach that's got you to playing at a really, really high level, you got to take that next step. You got to be willing to sacrifice. And that's the part of it. The Packers should be aggressive. They should have added pieces. There are so many different free agents that they could have added. I mean, heck, the Buffalo Bills bring in a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. You don't think he would have looked good in Green Bay? Absolutely. So Aaron couldn't have restructured to get that done? Or he couldn't have said, hey, Green Bay, really, convert all of this money into a bonus. Let's restructure. Let's make this more team-friendly. One, to keep me around longer because you could trade me next offseason and and not have nearly as much of a cap hit as you would if I stayed put, we restructured, gave me some security and gave you more wiggle room so you can put the pieces around me to succeed. What does Aaron want? Manuel Sanders would have looked damn good in Green Bay. Heck, Giovanni Bernard signed earlier this week with Tampa Bay. Tom Brady just keeps getting pieces. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think that the defending Super Bowl champions still have all of their pieces around them? Well, partially because the front office is going all in to win. Done. Noted. That's what the Packers front office needs to do. And part of it's because their quarterback is flexible. Because he's like, yeah, let's move some money around. Let's move some money around. Let's do what we need to do to win. To give us the best shot at repeating. What does Aaron want? I think it's a fair question. I think he's going to work extremely hard and try to win. Not many quarterbacks win when they're 
cap hit is $37.5 million. And that's why when you look across the league, I would give Josh Allen a better shot at winning a Super Bowl here. Not just Pat Mahomes or Tom Brady. There are multiple guys in this league right now that have a better shot. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, look in the mirror. Because if I'm Green Bay, I'm absolutely willing to extend Aaron Rodgers. But I want to do it in a way that allows me the chance to add pieces around him so they can really push and really go for it. They have so many weaknesses and building through the draft at this stage of Rodgers' career is not how you're going to do it. And I, I think it's silly to think that Jordan Love is going to be the guy at any time in the near future with Aaron Rodgers and the way he's playing. Now, maybe Green Bay just wants to move on and go to the next phase in a year or two from Rodgers. That's insane to me. That's insane. He's 37 years old. So it, it takes flexibility on both sides. And Aaron, if you want to win, let's try to get that extension done, convert some of this into a roster bonus, and add some pieces. There are still some good free agents out there that can help him. Maybe not at receiver. They can address that in the draft. But certain areas, certain guys, I mean, there's so many different free agents they could have added. And if they would have had more flexibility, if they would have had more cap space, if Aaron was a little more flexible, maybe they would have done it. On the flip side, a lot of Aaron Rodgers fans right now are probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Green Bay's never been aggressive. Well, now's the time to be aggressive. Hopefully they can get together, have a discussion, and essentially be a joint force, much like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady are, without Aaron Rodgers having to leave. Because I'll tell you right now, the Denver Broncos would love to get an Aaron Rodgers. How many teams would love to get Aaron Rodgers and give him every single tool they could possibly can, much like Tampa Bay has done with Tom Brady? Of course they would. To me, Aaron, we're going to get an MVP odds next segment. What do you want to do? You want to win? You want to make a lot of money and get really close. The decision is at least half yours. Got to show at least a little flexibility, my man. Up next, MVP odds plus a little bit on Julian Edelman. And I'm talking little like 60 seconds in voluntary workouts. Doesn't look like they're going to happen. We'll discuss that as well right here on Locked On NFL. We talk about it all the time. Built Bars are the number one tasting protein bar on the planet. I eat one each and every day after my workout. But let's say you're not working out. You're just trying to shed a little quarantine weight. That's fine too because they are a perfect midday snack. They're small, convenient, and they taste great. 18 different flavors covered in 100% chocolate in their protein pack. That's the best part about them. It's not their amazing taste. It's the macros. They're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, high in fiber, perfect for you as you try to get that vacation bod ready to go as things start to open up. So check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. And whatever flavor stands out to you, maybe it's multiple, maybe you want a variety pack, maybe you just want to go with the peanut butter brownie or the toffee almond or the double chocolate or the mint brownie, you can do that at BuiltBar.com. And when you're there and you're checking out, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're going to get into MVP odds in just a minute here on Locked On NFL. James Erpine without Tony Wiggins here on a Wednesday, but... I want to talk about Julian Edelman for just a brief second because shout out to him for, for retiring and having a great career in overperforming. Heck, I remember when he was just Wes Welker's short white backup that, you know, didn't do much. And you're like, man, he's returning punts and, and things like that. And oh, he was a, he's a quarterback at Kent State. And he developed into one of the most clutch receivers we've seen over the past couple of decades. 
And that's the difference. Like, I'm not saying Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer, but when I think of Patriots' great wide receivers, Julian Edelman is absolutely 100% ahead of Wes Welker. And I'm not saying he has the regular season production or the numbers are there, but are you telling me in the, the second Giants Super Bowl against the Patriots where Wes Welker, the, the pass is a little outside, a little away from his body, and the Patriots are in control against the Giants. Brady just chucks it out there. And it's a little off, like I said, but Welker drops it. You're telling me Edelman doesn't make that catch? Because I'd bet you he would. And, and that's the difference. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. But when I think of Tom Brady slot receivers, and there have been a lot of great ones, right? Deion Branch earlier in his career. Obviously, Wes Welker. And we could go on and on and on. Julian Edelman's number one. Number one for me. So Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame, doesn't matter to me. And this may make a lot of Patriots fans mad, or maybe not. But Edelman, Jules, as Brady calls him, definitely number one, ahead of Wes Welker. And I would take him all day long ahead of Welker. And I think that's considered a hot take. I don't think it is. I really don't. But uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, Let's dive into some MVP odds courtesy of BetOnline. And make sure you check out betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But some of these odds are interesting. And it starts with my guy, Patrick Mahomes. He's the favorite 5-1 to one to be the 2021-2022 most valuable player in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers next at 9-1. to one. Josh Allen after that, 10-1. to one. Lamar Jackson, 14-1. to one. Matthew Stafford, 14-1. to one. Kyler Murray, 16 to 1. And then you got Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. Check them all out at betonline.ag. And to me, this stands out among all of them. The fact that a guy like Tom Brady is 16 to 1. I look at the NFC South and they bring back all of their weapons on offense. And I get it. They they have a stacked roster. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. No Drew Brees in the division now. Who knows what's going to happen with Carolina and Sam Darnold. They got a shot here to be really, really good. And by the way, who knows what Atlanta does? It might be Matt Ryan. They might be pretty good this year, but not great. And we'll get into the Falcons draft plans at number four next segment. Tom Brady might be the the, the one here. Because if I had to bet on the Buccaneers winning another Super Bowl or Tom Brady winning the MVP this coming season, I'd probably go with the latter, the MVP. And his odds are 16 to 1. They're even with Kyler Murray and just a, a, a smidge ahead of Dak Prescott at 18 to 1. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers could certainly see it. But in year two, remember for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady thought that year two was the year everything was going to click, that year two was the year that they were going to make a legitimate Super Bowl run. Why aren't they going to go 13 and 3 this year? I get it. They had some bumps last year and they were kind of feeling themselves out, but they're going to come into this year with extreme confidence and the division is worse. And so to me, the fact that you can get Brady at nearly twice the odds, essentially, of Patrick Mahomes and almost double the odds of an Aaron Rodgers, that's pretty good value. The the first position player, non-quarterback mentioned, is Derrick Henry at 40 to 1. That is tough for me to see. Justin Herbert, 22 to 1. Another one that I like 
because he put up huge numbers last year. And I don't think he was as good as some people think, but he put up huge numbers last year. I think they're going to add a weapon or two. They already added offensive line around him. And we've seen second-year starters go win the MVP. We've seen it a couple times. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes did it. Lamar Jackson did it. Kyler Murray was in the discussion last year at times. So that wouldn't shock me at all. But make sure you check all those out at betonline.ag. All right. So with the vaccine out, will NFL teams actually practice in person before training camp? A couple of teams on Tuesday opted out of voluntary workouts. The Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos both did so. And that's really weird. It's weird because of this. The Broncos have had 22 players work out at the facility this offseason, which is the second most in the NFL. A dozen teams have had 15 or more. So the NFL Players Association saying, hey, it's all about safety, which I get. And opting out on the surface isn't weird, but the fact that there are a lot of Broncos players still working out at the facilities is quite interesting. I'm not going to blame players one bit. In fact, I think last year kind of set the tone for a lot of these guys can work out and get most of it done on their own. Most of these NFL players, this isn't 1975 or even 1995 where guys are playing themselves into shape. Heck, I talked to, and I'm not going to name him, uh, a former second round pick. He played for in the NFL for a decade and used to work with him. So maybe you could narrow it down if you're familiar with my career path. And he was like, yeah, man, I didn't run at all during the offseason. I would go to training camp and run and get in shape for the season. Well, it's just different now. These guys train day in and day out. And yeah, they post it on social media and that's part of it. You want to keep up with your competition. But I don't know how important, and coaches will say it's extremely important, right? These in-person workouts truly are. Now, is it important for a new quarterback to work out with some of his receivers beforehand? Yeah, well, a lot of guys do that on their own. Is it important for uh, a new receiver to to get a couple more reps in? Absolutely. Offensive linemen? Absolutely. You know, if you can do that and get familiar with the other linemen around you, maybe if you're a center of the quarterback that you're going to be handing the ball to, is snapping the ball to, that, that I get. I totally understand that. At the same time, there's just, there's a lot of time and a lot of these guys work extremely hard in the offseason. So... If more teams opt out, I understand it. And it's one of those things It's it, that a lot, a lot of people might have an issue with. And I think the, especially NFL, if you're listening to this, you're probably more of a diehard fan, but the casual NFL fans are going to be like, man, they're making so much money. Why the hell would you not go to voluntary workouts? You're going away from your family and you're getting probably the same work that you could get in classroom wise on Zoom or some kind of virtual classroom and all the physical stuff. You can get in probably in your backyard. A lot of these guys live in Miami or California or close to it where they could drive there. And so they don't have to be away from your family for that long because training camps are grind. A lot of these camps, man, you're not around your family much and you're at the facility all damn day and then you're tired and then you restart and you do it again and again and again. And I'm not saying that, you know, they are sacrificing, you know, they're sacrificing so much. I'm just saying it's hard and it's a grind. And if you can find a more efficient way to get 95% of the work done without being at the team facility, it might be worth it. It might be worth it. If I'm a head coach and I can get most of the message across virtually instead of having these guys come to the facility. And by the way, COVID's still a thing. The other quick note that I want to mention, the NFL 
has informed clubs that any team employee who refuses a COVID-19 vaccination without bona fide medical or religious ground will be barred from tier one or tier two status and thus have restricted access within team facility. And so it's interesting. So tier one and tier two are the employees that are around the players. And so unless you have a medical or religious belief that prevents you from taking this vaccine, or so a real legitimate reason in the NFL's eyes, then you're not going to be around the players. It's essentially what this is saying. And on one hand, the NFL and the NFLPA have said that COVID vaccines won't be required for players. But this effectively says any coach, any staffer, they're all expected to get this vaccine. And I'm not here to debate the vaccine. That's not what this is about. But I do kind of get it. And here's why. If you're the NFL, it's going to be really hard to get the NFL PA, to, PA the, the Players Association, to agree, hey, you have to make sure each and every single one of these players gets the vaccine. But coaches, they can do that. Staffers, equipment managers, they can do that. And the NFL can say, hey, this is what we're requiring if you're going to be around our players. I see both sides of it here. And it's it's tough. But if you're a billion-dollar business and you want to protect the, the not only just the quarterbacks but your product and not have any of these uh, positive tests in 2021 and the COVID vaccines that, that are being handed out are 90% effective or 90-plus percent effective, then I get it. And I also understand the argument on the flip side where it's like, man, you're really going to mandate that? It's tough. But it's a dollars and cents type of game. And if you want to keep the players on the field, especially the important ones, well, guess what? The people that are going to be coming around them, they need to be vaccinated, at least in the NFL's eyes. I see both sides of it. This isn't a vaccination argument, but I get what the NFL is doing, even though they're not able to get the union. And that's probably it. They're not able to get the union to agree, hey, every player needs to be vaccinated. But everyone that comes in contact with them at team facilities going to have to get that vaccination. Up next, the NFL draft is just over two weeks away. I want to discuss some of the top 10, some of, well, the rumors circulating. We'll do that next right here on Locked On NFL. We mentioned it earlier, betonline.ag is the place to go if you want to get off the sidelines and in on the action. I use betonline.ag. I know a lot of our hosts at the Locked On NFL and Locked On Podcast Network do just that. They got you covered, not just for NFL MVP odds, but the NFL draft. Like I said, it's just over three weeks away. Maybe you think Jamar Chase is going to be the top wide receiver taken, or you think Penny Sewell is going to be the top offensive lineman taken. You want to make a little money on your opinion. You can do that. They have NFL draft prop bets. Plus, maybe it's a, a wide receiver bet that you want to use. Four and a half wide receivers go in the first round. Maybe you want to take the over. I would you can make money doing that as well. BetOnline.ag is so easy to use. It's free to sign up. They got you covered for all the news scores and odds. Check them out right now. BetOnline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's extremely easy. You can do it on your cell phone. You can do it on any laptop or computer. Again, BetOnline.ag. Promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Every Wednesday at this time, we talk NFL draft here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And with Tony out, I just want to give you a couple thoughts here. And uh, again, I'm James Erpine. If you're new to the podcast, I host Locked On Bengals each and every day with my co-host Jake Lisko. So thanks for checking it out. Hopefully you're enjoying the show today. Solo dolo for the first time here on Locked On NFL and how we started in September or so. But this is, has been a lot of fun. But I, I want to dive into the draft a little bit. And we're expecting three quarterbacks to go in the top three picks. And I'm not sure if it's going to be Mac Jones. Personally, I, there's no way in hell I would take Mac Jones at three. I need upside. If I'm giving up all these picks, I need upside. It doesn't feel like Mac Jones has the upside of a Trey Lance, of a Justin Fields. I would probably take Justin Fields. I watched him more, admittedly. So that might be the bias. But to me, big, strong, athletic, can throw it. Pretty simple. But with that said, let's say Fields is available and you're the Falcons. There are some people that say, oh, fourth pick, take Justin Fields. And others that say, fourth pick, we already have Matt Ryan. And if you're the Falcons, Matt Ryan's shown, yeah, I can get you to the Super Bowl and put you in a position to win. He did that. It was an historic L, but he did that. And Tom Brady's made a lot of people look silly, which is exactly what happened in that last quarter and a half from that 28 to three meltdown. But is Justin Fields the next Pro Bowl quarterback? Is he the next great? Because if so, I don't care about cap hits. And earlier in the podcast, I mentioned Matt Ryan, the $40 million cap hit this year. It's going to be a big cap hit next year if they trade him. It doesn't matter. Like if, if your people look at Justin Fields and say, this guy can be our Pat Mahomes to Matt Ryan's Alex Smith. That doesn't mean he's going to be Pat Mahomes, but you understand what I am saying. Then you're right. Matt Ryan has never been Aaron Rodgers. He's never been Tom Brady. He's never going to be. He's a B to B plus quarterback. If everything is perfect around him, maybe A minus in that MVP year. And I don't think he could necessarily be that in his mid thirties now, but can he be really damn good? Absolutely. And so if you don't think Justin Fields can be a pro bowler or, or you don't think he's worthy of the fourth pick, I'm not going to blame you for not taking him. I'm not. But then you got to go with the guy who's going to get Matt Ryan there. And that's Kyle Pitts. So if you're not going to take a guy like a Justin Fields, maybe it is Trey Lance. Heck, maybe they love Mac Jones, whoever it is, at quarterback, a guy that you think can be Matt Ryan's successor and be the Pat Mahomes to your Alex Smith with Matt Ryan, that's fine. But then give your Alex Smith as many damn weapons as possible. And you already have a Julio, a one. You already have a 1A in Calvin Ridley. You know what you don't have? A guy like Kyle Pitts running the middle of the field, baby. You're right. And that's that's it for me. Like the, the draft begins with the Falcons at four. And it's pretty damn simple. Whatever quarterback is available, do you think that they can be really, 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 really good at the NFL level? You can give them a year if you need to, but where's their ceiling? Because this could be your last shot for a few years to get a quarterback of this stature. If the answer is no, take Kyle Pitts because he's a generational tight end. No one compares to him. You have offensive line. You don't need Penny Sewell. You don't need a guy like Jamar Chase because you have Julio Jones. And, and see, and the Falcons are certainly doing their due diligence. They've been at every single quarterback's pro day. All the top guys. From Justin Fields to Trey Lance, to, they've been there. So they're evaluating. 
in what I say to the Atlanta Falcons front office, to their coaching staff. Trust the evaluation. Don't get scared to take a quarterback because you got Matt Ryan and it's going to make him upset. But also, don't take a quarterback because you're thinking about the future if you don't think the grade is there, if you don't like the evaluation. Pretty simple to me. Because you got a guy in Kyle Pitts who fits everything you need if you're going to make another run with Matt Ryan. That's it. And some people are going to be talking about trade down, trade down. I'm opening the trading down, especially if the haul is just insane. But if you're the Falcons, you got a generational tight end that's going to make your offense so much better in that Mercedes-Benz stadium, this amazing dome where you got Kyle Pitts running a 4-4 and Julio Jones on one side and Kevin Ridley on the other. Like, that's a hell of a spot to be in. So if that's your worst case, that's a great place to be. And if you end up saying, you know what, Justin Fields is it. That's the dude. Or Trey Lance is the dude. And by the way, they traded down a couple spots and got Trey Lance and Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. Maybe that's what they do. But unless you're guaranteed to get a guy like Trey Lance, and that's your guy, I wouldn't move down. I'd either take Pitts or I'd take the quarterback that I thought was going to be the heir to Matt Ryan's throne and potentially could make the entire team much, much better in 2022, maybe 2021, but certainly 2022. And and Lance would fit that mold of sitting behind Ryan for a year and then going from there. Me personally, I think Justin Fields is it. That would be the guy I would look at, and and they're looking at all of them. So trust your evaluation, Atlanta Falcons. Trust your evaluation. That's going to do it for me. This was a fun solo show without Tony Wiggins, but the fun's going to continue tomorrow with Jake Lisko and Ryan Tracy. So make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're new to the podcast. And if you've been here, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm James Rapine, and thanks for listening to Locked On NFL.